I'm going to talk to you about adaptability, or you could say changeability. There's, there's, this, uh, there's this ability that God needs us to have to be able to adapt to his way of doing things. The Bible gives us some very good insight on God. It says he changeth not. God doesn't change in his character or his nature. In other words, he doesn't wake up one morning and he's happy, and the next morning he's grumpy, and he doesn't change like that. God is the same yesterday, today. And forever. He doesn't change in his character, but he changes in his method. We found this out about God. He is predictably unpredictable. Like, I can predict that I cannot predict how God is going to do it this time. If I can count on anything, I can count on the fact that God's probably going to do it a different way because he wants to do something different in me and in my life. And so we believe that. So we've got to have this adaptability. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that today over the next few minutes. And uh, we're going to see how this goes. Can Pastor Robbie get this done in 25 minutes? We shall see. Well, Lord, we're thankful for the opportunity to be in your house today. Thank you for everything you've done, everything that's been said. Thank you for this incredible church. We give you, we give you the praise today. Do what only you can do. Change our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. amen. You know, we've asked this question, this question, um, very often in, in, our, in our lives, we, we ask this question, how long are we going to live? How long am I going to live? How much time do I have on the earth? The Bible tells us it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, there's the resurrection. So there's a time appointed for my death. And for, for, for most of my life, I've been kind of living my life according to this idea that I might make it a little while. I might... I might make it a little while. I'm, I'm believing that I'm going to be 100 years old running around preaching the gospel and loving people and having fun and living, you know, watching my great, great grandchildren grow up. I, I, just, I just believe that. I want to I see that in my life, but I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. So I have to live like there's an eternity at stake, but I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. So I've been, I've been trying to rearrange my, my life around this question. Not how long am I going to live, but how well am I going to live? Because there are a lot of people that have lived a long life, but they haven't lived a good life. And I, so I'm not really so concerned. The older I get with how long I'm going to live, I'm, I'm concerned with how well am I going to live. And with God making this promise that there's more and there's better for me, in my life, how do I make sure that I'm maximizing this moment that I have so that I can say yes to more and yes to the better of God? How do I do that? We've talked about many different things. Again, we talked about availability, accountability, sensitivity, focus. Today, I want to talk about adaptability because it doesn't matter if you like change or not, things are changing. <laughs> The problem with most of us is we, we really do like change. We just don't like change we didn't initiate. Does anybody get you know what I'm talking about? And so when I read a scripture like enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out your curtains, don't hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. I, I think about those times in my life when I made an adjustment to the living room in my house when I was living at home. And when I would change the way things were at home, there was, there was an authority over me sometimes that didn't like the way I messed with their stuff. 
is if I move the couch, bro, that's not your couch. And so as soon as mom came home, she would recognize the couch she had put in the place she wanted the couch to be was no longer in the place she wanted it to be. I wanted to rearrange everything around the television. My mom wanted to rearrange everything around conversation. So we had two different ideas about how everything should be arranged in the house. And when you just run in and start enlarging stuff and stretching out curtains and changing up the house, you have to realize that change is involved. And anytime you start changing stuff, people get upset because we love change, just not change we didn't initiate. We love it. If it's our idea, woo, let's go for it. But if it's not our idea, then whoa, 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 let's, let's pull back a minute. So adaptability is this ability to change according to the situation. I'm able to adapt according to the situation. So things are changing, whether you like it or not, but can you adapt? Exodus 16 and 35 gives us a little bit of insight into the way God operates and the way God moves. The Bible tells us here, it says, the Israelites ate manna for 40 years until they came to a land that was settled. And then they, they ate manna, the Bible said, until they reached the border of Canaan. In other words, in their journey, for 40 years, God had been raining manna down from heaven. And all of a the sudden, they get to this place in their walk where they cross a border, a border that probably wasn't even marked. There's no sign that said, welcome to Canaan. It's not like we're driving through Tennessee and all of a sudden we cross this place in 81. It says, welcome to Virginia. Virginia is for lovers. Now you know. You're in Virginia and you keep driving and you keep driving and you keep driving because Virginia is the longest state in the world to get past. And then all of a sudden you get into welcome to West Virginia. We're Virginia, just not as good, basically, is I think what's on their sign. And then, and then you get to Maryland, which is like, never mind, my mom grew up there, so I won't say anything bad about Maryland. And then you get into Pennsylvania where the land was flowing with milk and honey until I took Monica away and it was, now it's dry and empty. And there's no reason other than in-laws to go back. <laughs> there's no sign that told them, hey, now you're, in, now you're in Canaan. But the Bible says as soon as they crossed the border into Canaan, God stopped feeding them manna from heaven. I'm sure there was an adjustment period. I'm sure there was a period, this period of hunger where, where is, where's the manna? God said, once they crossed the border into Canaan, he stopped feeding them manna. And sometimes discouragement is not, meant to be the place we get to where God intends for us to stop. It's actually the place that is an indicator to us that we actually might be closer to the purpose of God and the destiny that God has for our life than we've ever been before. 
Discouragement isn't a reason to quit. Actually, discouragement is a reason to get excited because guess what? It means I've crossed, I've crossed the border. Things are changing. The thing that used to make me happy isn't making me happy again. The thing that used to feed me isn't feeding me anymore. The, the way things used to be done, they're not being done that way anymore. So my, my, my means of getting my nourishment have changed. And for some people, that's discouraging because you lost a job or you went through a divorce or you went through a breakup or you went through a transition or you moved into another state. But God is saying, don't don't quit in that season of discouragement. All that means is that you're walking into Canaan and there's some. There's, there's, some, there's some time where you've got to make the adjustment between how I fed you then and how I'm going to feed you now. So I've got to be willing to adapt to my new environment. I've got to be willing to adapt to my new environment or I'll talk bad about what God is doing now because I don't understand. I've actually changed environments. I've actually changed places because this is the thing I noticed about the children of Israel is as they walk through the wilderness and they get closer to Canaan, guess what God does? Less and less of the miraculous. You would think the closer I get to the promise, the closer I get to my purpose, that would require more and more of the miraculous. No, what God does is he sets us up with the miraculous and then he lets us down into real life. He sets you up with salvation. Oh man, I'm going to get saved and everything's going to be great and all all my world is going to change and I'm going to look like that person and I'm going to act like that person and then he sets you down on Monday into real life And you realize it's going to take some time for me to transition into what it looks like to be a real follower of Jesus. So there's a transition season. And the reason God does this, the reason God allows gaps of the miraculous to happen in our life is because gaps of the miraculous create hunger. And God knows the only way we move forward in him is if he allows us to get hungry for him. Because if he keeps us full, then we'll stay still. But if he creates a border that we cross and he says, I'm changing the way I feed you now. And all of a sudden we're still looking for manna to fall in the morning and we go out and manna isn't there. Then we have to look around for a different source of food. Because hunger creates this desire to be filled. So the Bible says those that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. The one reason that things aren't changing in your life, it's not because things aren't changing around you. It's because you are not adjusting on the inside the way you eat, the way you partake. You can't keep using that devotional you used 35 years ago. You can't keep... You can't keep going to that well anymore. It's done run dry. You got to move into the brand new thing that God is doing in the earth. You've got to adapt. It ain't the 50s no more. Sometimes I wish it was. My jean jacket would fit better in the 50s. So we don't, we don't we're not changing for the, just the sake of change. 
we're changing because God doesn't live there anymore. He's moved location. It's like when they came to the tomb after Jesus had been risen from the dead. And they said, why are you here, the angel? Why are you here? You are looking for the living among the dead. He was here a few hours ago, but he's changed locations. He ain't here anymore. And a lot of times we go to church looking for God to be in the same location where we left him. I left you in that move of God. I left you in that experience in my life. I left you in that place in my life. And I expect you to be there when I return. But he said, I'm not there anymore. I've actually changed locations. It's time to adapt. I'm feeding you, but I'm feeding you in a different way. Wow. So the closer I get, the less and less God does miraculously, and the more God, see, it's, it's something to shout about, but the problem is, is the less God does, the more it requires of me. That's what I'm starting to discover about as I've walked with Jesus more and more. I'm actually starting to discover that if I want to be close to him, then I've got to, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to push harder into him. I don't, as I get older, just by default, get closer and closer to Jesus. I don't just wake up tomorrow more and more in love with Jesus because another day has passed. No, if I'm not careful, my heart will grow cold. So it's like marriage. I got to spice it up. And we keep going to Jesus in that same old outfit. And that just ain't working anymore. <laughs> Y'all are too much. We've got to adjust. So I've got to draw close. So my Bible reading as I grow in Christ doesn't get less and less. It should intensify. My prayer life as I'm growing with Christ should. I don't need prayer as much now as I did back then. Are you kidding me? I need it more now than I ever did before. He was doing miracle after miracle when I got saved. Now it seems like. Oh, you, you want me to do something with what you gave me. God doesn't give more and more of himself so we can relax. No, God gives more and more so that he can make more of a demand on our lives.
already given me enough. The Bible tells me, Peter, that I have all that pertains unto life and godliness. I don't need more from God. God needs more out of me. More commitment, more dedication, more perspiration. Come on, man. The gospel is not opposed to effort. It's opposed to earning. It is not opposed to effort. We need to get those two in the right lane because sometimes anytime anybody means going after God or going hard after God or giving to God or sacrificing for God, we're like, no, Jesus paid it all. Okay, I get it. You don't want to do anything. But the fact is, Jesus did pay for all of our sins. But the reality is, if I'm going to walk into everything that God has for me, I have to go in and possess it. I'm not just a professor of faith. I am a possessor of faith. I don't just profess what Jesus has for me. I go in and I possess everything that God has for me. It's like he told the children of Israel. He said, I'll give you every place that you step on. But if you don't step on it, I can't give it to you. And for some of us, there is a lot out there that God has for us. We just want him to bring it to us. And he's saying, you got to step on it to get it. So I'm, cha- I'm changing the way you eat in this season. This is a message for people whom God has saved. I'm, I, I'm changing the way you eat in this season. This is not the wilderness anymore. You're not wandering anymore. You've gone from darkness and you have stepped into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. You're not wandering around anymore. You're not hopeless and helpless trying to figure. You, you have walked into light. You have crossed over into Canaan. You have changed borders. You have now entered into the kingdom of God. And it works a little different. I say, I'm feeding you differently. It's going to work a little bit differently. So you have to adapt to the way I'm feeding you now. Man, hunger is actually a blessing. It's your signal to cross the border into change. If I'm hungry, something needs to change. If my relationship with God is dry, something needs to change. If I'm coming to church and I'm not feeling anything, something needs to change. And and we put all of the change on the external. If I'm coming to church and I'm not feeling anything, worship team needs to change. Preacher needs to change. Church needs to change. No, 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 no. God will, because this is the thing. A lot there. <laughs> Some people come to a church and go, it's dry. Some people go to come to a church and go, that's the craziest, wildest church I've ever been to in my life. I've had, I've heard both things about our church. I've had people come to this church and say, it's dry as a bone. There's not enough time. We need 45 more minutes. We have at least 45 minutes to worship. We need to preach at least an hour. It's so dry. And I've had people come in here and say, I've never been in an environment like this in my entire life. I've never felt God like this in my whole life. What's the difference? The difference is not the condition of the church. The difference is the condition of the person coming in. Woo! That's free. I'm telling you. It's like if you had 10 people at a dinner table, there was a mom and a dad, and the mom was making dinner for 10 people, and nine of those people were growing and flourishing And getting healthy. And one of them is over there sick and dying. And they're saying, it's your food. No, it's not my food. 
Nine out of ten of y'all are doing just fine. Something is wrong, not with the food. It's wrong with your digestive system. We keep wanting to make the problem the food, and the problem isn't the food. The problem is our digestive system. We keep wanting to make the problem the church, and the problem isn't the church. The problem is our digestive system. We keep wanting to make the problem our parents, and the problem isn't our parents. The problem is our digestive system. We keep wanting to make the problem our boss, and the problem isn't our boss. The problem is our digestive system. If I want things to change, I've got to change. I've got to adapt. Woo. Since my signal crossed the border, hunger makes me move. Anytime God stops feeding you one way, it's to feed you a better way. There is a better life than relying on the miraculous for everything. You can't, I can't know you can't think of, imagine that. There's a better life than relying on the miraculous. There is a better life than relying on a handout mentality. There's a better life for you. If you're here today and you are on a government system, I, 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 I don't mock you because you're on government system. My wife and I, for years, we were on that um, WIC program. You'd go to the, we lived in a trailer, floor was falling out, fleas all over the house. Becca, that ain't funny, girl. That was my that was my crib, yo. I lived in a I lived in a trailer park. I lived in a trailer park with a three car carport. What does a person living in a trailer need three cars for? <laughs> no idea. Three car carport. We were on Wick. So, so the, reason, the reason God changes the way he feeds you is to feed you better. You go in and there was a certain level of food you could get on WIC. You had to get these government approved cheeses and breads and milks and items. But there was better food in the grocery store. But I couldn't get it. God is saying, I'm trying to get you off a of wick. I'm trying to get you off of food stamps. I'm trying to get you off of relying on me to come in and save the day. There's something better than manna in your future. There's something better. Hmm. Even when it comes to healing, a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of people wonder, you know, well, I understand that, but, it'd be, but I'm sick right now, and it would be great if I could have a miracle of healing. But even if you don't and you go to heaven, heaven's better. So every time God changes the way he feeds us, it always gets better. Always gets better. And every time he changes the way he feeds us, I'm going to ask you to stand if you would. Every time he changes the way he feeds us, He's not just changing it for us. He's changing it for the people around us. So when God adjusts my level, he's adjusting your level. That's why you shouldn't hate anybody that's moving on up. Don't hate. Because anytime God is changing someone else's level, he's 
by default, changing other levels. So when God changes my level, he's changing your level. And when God changes your level, he's changing my level. So I should never look at you on your level and say, get back down here. No, I want you to go up because when you go up, I go up. First Kings 17. God tells a prophet, he says, I want you to go to this widow. Now God had been feeding him. Ravens had been coming and bringing him food. He had been sitting by a brook that was running with water and he had been fed there and drank there every day. The brook dries up. God says, I want you to go to a widow. So notice this. Food is coming from heaven. But God said, I want to give you food from a woman. But most of us are like, God, I I want to stay under heaven. God's like, no, in order to feed you better, I have to take you to this woman. Because when when I stop feeding you from heaven, what happens is now you start eating from the earth. And when you begin to eat from the earth, you actually begin to create miracles in the lives of other people in the earth. Watch what happens. He goes to this widow at Zarephath. He goes to her and he says, hey, can, can I get a drink of water? She says, sure. He says, and while you're on your way, could you, could you bake me a cake? She said, whoa, I got a little water, but um, I was getting ready to make basically our last meal, our last supper. This is going to connect in a second. I'm getting ready to make our last meal, our last supper. So he says, do it anyway. Well, she does it. A miracle happens for her. Now he's living off of her baked cake, but she's living off the supernatural. This is the thing. Every time I stop living under the supernatural and I do a natural thing with the supernatural that God has given me, I unlock somebody else's supernatural living. Woo! See, that's why God doesn't preach from heaven. He uses a man to preach from the earth to unlock a spiritual heaven in your life. Joshua said this, he said, after the Passover, a day after the Passover, they stopped eating manna. She's getting ready to make her last supper. She walks into this supernatural blessing. I'm just telling you, whenever it seems like it's over, whenever it's the last supper, whenever it's the final countdown, whenever it looks like all is lost, you go ahead and start smiling because you know that's when your God likes to show up. He created that hunger in you and now he's gonna fill it. Those that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Can you throw your hands up to heaven and say, thank you, Lord, that you're filling my life this morning with your goodness and with your grace. Thank you for the power to do what you've called me to do. Thank you, Jesus, that in this new season, you're feeding me 
in a new way. Help me be adaptable so that I can change, so that I can receive everything that you have for me in this new season of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's put our hands together and just worship the Lord.